Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I came out tonight with good intentions. Said I was only gonna stay for one. But the moment that I get your attention, I lose my head and it all comes undone. Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in to episode 84 of the Glasgow is Green podcast, aka Gigpod. I'm Stevie and on this one I'll be chatting about Celtic's wonderful cup final win yesterday when we picked up our first trophy under Ange with hopefully many more to come. Now I was meant to be on my spunk phone but honestly his laptop's a banger and Rizzo has been very obscure about isolating and not doing a podcast just now. I don't know what goes on in his head but... He's watching some film with Willem Dafoe and Susan Sarandon, so that's where his mind is now. So I'm delighted to at least say a normal person has came on with me, and that happens to be Tony from Pod Tim's. Tony, thanks a lot for coming on at the last minute and helping us out here. Uh, thanks very much for calling me a, a normal person in my, my ordinary clothes. Uh, no, it's great to be on. Uh, I've done the We Done Your Reaction podcast earlier on the day, and it went on for quite some time, so I had an excuse to talk about which what I thought was one of one of the great days yesterday for Celtic, if, I, if I'm being honest. I thought so as well, Tony. And, you know, I was on with Hamish at 67 Hail Hail yesterday. We did a reaction right after the game, and I'll ask you what he asked me. See, when you woke up, did you have a confident feeling ahead of this one? Um, and if so, why? So I want to know if it was the same sort of feeling as I had as to why I was so positive about getting into this game at Hamden. No, all week I thought we were going to get beat. and I'm not winding you up. All week I thought we were going to get beat. I had the fear of God. And it was it was all down to how desperate I was for Postacoglu to lift the cup. I was really nervous for him. Um, I don't know what it is. I think, obviously, everybody listening has grown to love this guy who came out of nowhere when Eddie Howe shot himself. And he's been outstanding. He's carried himself so well and spoke so well. And he just seems to do everything right and say the right things. And 
he's been battered for pillar to post, for pundits, opposition fans, our own fans. Um, and I was just desperate to see him lift that trophy. That was it was in my head as much as it was for us, the fans. I, I just thought I really want to see this guy lift the trophy. And I think I was just so nervous. I thought oh, we were going to get beat. Um, so obviously you were you'd a bit of a different opinion. I did, Tony. I think if we went into that final and we dropped points against Ross County, I think that would have, I would have felt different. I think the players would have felt different. I think even Andrew would have. Because Hibs obviously won during the week. They would have definitely been buoyed by that. And I think if you look at the Rangers result on Saturday, again, another <laughs> another penalty for them. But it was three points. They still managed to win. That's what playing in December is all about, isn't it? Just getting that win. And when you couple in Hibs winning in midweek, Rangers extending the lead against us. And if we had dropped points on Wednesday, it would have been a really sore one to take. And I think that would have been such a doing for that team after all the, the positive momentum we've had recently. The last minute header by Ralston, I think just changed it all for me. And I think the team were just so, so up for it. And they were they would have been getting into this one buzzing from it. And Tony, you look at our sort of results at Hamden as well. I mean, since 2016, we haven't lost a game there ever since the semi-final against Rangers. And even then, that was like technically a draw, wasn't it? Rogic ballooned it over the bar, but everything all changed after that long term that happened to be the best thing that happened to us and Hamden ever since has been a happy place to go Yep, Hamden has become synonymous with great days out for Celtic um, I think I, I was doing a bit of counting yesterday I think I've been in nine cup finals and we've won every single one of them or some kind of mad start with that um, I thoroughly enjoyable yesterday to be back at the football I, I spoke quite a lot about pod times about going to the, the games with my dad which is a uh, the absolute highlight with me and then getting doing the, the Gallagher and getting a good drink after it with my mates and him and just all the other people you've been drinking me for years and I think because last year as much as we were terrible we didn't actually get to celebrate the quadruple treble even though it was in the midst of such a bad season it was an incredible achievement um, in its own right so I think it was a case that kind of yesterday was so special because it didn't really look as if we were going to be getting back to winning trophies as soon as we have um, all the fans were there it, it, just, it was just such a special day and I, I, I loved it I must admit I loved the games where it's so tight, you're just you're so desperate for that full time muscle and, and when it goes there's there's not a feeling in the world beats it and then the, the celebrations after it. It just it felt very Celtic to me. Tony, did you have any complaints about the starting lineup a lot? I mean, seen the summer if <laughs> you'd said a lot of Celtic fans would be aghast at the fact that Tony Ralston isn't making the starting lineup, you'd have been going away, you go and get sectioned under the mental health act, but it's a testament to how well that he's actually been playing for us this season, Tony, that some Celtic fans feel that he should have been starting over JJ. I think in the end, no matter how you look at it, the manager was justified with the team that he put out because we won the trophy. But did you have any complaints about the starting lineup at all? No, for me it was more a case of who's starting up front and when I seen Kyogo, it, it really relaxed me. I think that would have given us an edge and maybe worried Hibs a bit. I think those wee things can really change how games kick off. Like if you look at... Um, the last League Cup final we won, we started with Lewis Morgan up front and Edward wasn't playing. That would have gave Rangers a boost, as we've seen all the day. They obviously they dominated the game. But I think them seeing Kyogo would really have really worried them. Uh, in terms of Ralston, I did tweet out, it's, it's quite incredible that the only kind of grudge we had for that game is why is Ralston no starting? That was a, a debate. And that's, that's just 
doing his hard work and the fact that he's, he's massively improved and um, he did play his part in the end. But for me, I thought Juranovic was actually quite good. And in the lead-up to the second goal, I'm sure he times a tackle absolutely perfectly when they're bombing down the wing and it's his long ball up where Abada wins a foul. So he kind of starts the, the move towards the, the winning goal. So... No, I think we won the cup, so the manager's absolutely justified. Yeah, and I really want to talk about Ange in a bit more detail as well. Just like a lot of talking points for everybody listening, so we will get to the manager as well as you know the, the overall feeling of being a fan back at these games and everything when we're not under lockdown. But focusing on the football now, Tony, the first half, I thought it was a wee bit flat. Pre-game, teams coming out, the TIFOs and everything, the atmosphere was electric. And then when the game settled down a wee bit, maybe 15-20 minutes, it was flat. The game needed something, didn't it? It needed a flashpoint, it needed a spark, but it didn't really seem to happen in the first half at all. I felt as if we controlled the game, but Hibs, to their credit, worked really hard off the ball, and when they were out of possession, um, they were really, really making it hard for us to get into a, you know, a flown type of football that we're used to seeing under Ange, and I don't think it was a lot of nails with the team. I think it was just the fact that what I was surprised with, Tony, but you saw Hibs against Rangers, um, they came right out of the blocks, they were flying. And you saw in the first half, like, they raced into a three-goal lead before conceding, just before half-time. We didn't get that from Hibs, and it made for a stuffy game of football, because they they tried you know, to sit in and hit us on the break and use the threat of Martin Boyle's pace, which you know, has never ever worked against us really, um, other than you know the odd time at Easter Road. He's not done it a lot against Celtic, so I was surprised that Martin Boyle's still so hyped up for Hibs is this big danger man. Yes, I know what he did against Rangers, but we have got a far more competent defence. That's a fact when you look at how many goals we've conceded compared to them in the league. But were you surprised with the way Hibs came and set up Tony? Did you think they'd maybe give it more of a go? considering the semi-final showing? I did actually, but I thought, right, I mean, after the first kind of half an hour, I thought, they, they have offered absolutely zilts. They, they offered nothing. And at half-time, I, w- I was texting a few people and talking to people, and I thought, the only way they'll score is if they can set piece. And uh, lo and behold, obviously they did. And I remember saying at half-time to my dad and a few other people, I think if they get the first goal, we've had it. But obviously that was a... An incorrect prediction, thankfully. But um, no, I, I, I don't think Hibs looked a good team at all. I think in the first half as well, we had opportunities. We had massive opportunities. We were breaking in numbers. And I think at times, decision-making massively let us down. Uh, alongside kind of lack of quality. I mean, I thought Mikey Johnson, I, I, I feel sorry for him, to be honest. It just nothing seems to be coming off. I thought Abada was okay, but... Just the decision-making at the time could have been a lot better and we probably could have... And if we had Jota, we probably would have won the cup for half-time, if I'm totally honest. Our wide players were just really wasteful. They didn't offer a lot. The way that we play under Andrew, our wide players have to be really, really effective and productive and they weren't yesterday. I also saw, you know, that Kyogo wasn't getting any service. Um, I didn't think it was going to be like that all game because what I said to Hamish on 67 Hail Hail yesterday was even if we go in nil-nil, I still feel this Celtic side have always got it in them just to wear out the other team because we keep the ball that much and we control the game. And I thought Hibs would eventually tire. But then we get into the second half and did you have the same feeling as me, Tony? Because myself and Hamish, when that corner was coming in, we both felt, oh no, it just had one of the looming sort of feelings about it. I don't know if you felt the same, but after the Ross County sort of shambles in midweek, I just had a horrible, horrible feeling about that when the corner was coming in and 
it was justified, to be honest, because Starfelt was an absolute nightmare for Mark and Paul Hanlon. Joe Hart, who I thought had an excellent game, wasn't commanding enough for me, but what was your thoughts on the opener for Hibs? I get nervous any time a team's got a free kick or a, a corner against us, and it's always been the same, but no, I, I, I wasn't sitting going, oh, this is definitely going to score. I didn't have any intended feeling of doom, but when I went in, I really thought, this cup final's fucked. And all that way, I was already trying to defend the team in my head if we lost the cup and stuff. I'm going, oh, this is a nightmare. And uh, before I had time to think, it was <laughs> we'd equalised. But um, I, I know you probably touched on it, but to, to show that kind of determination and character to capitalise on just after losing a goal so quickly was, was excellent and um, I'm sure probably Callum McGregor somebody you'd want to touch on but I thought he was superb I thought he really arrived as the Celtic captain yesterday and it was good to see him the, the silverware get, get the silverware and the hibs end when the goal comes in the phones are out and they're videoing themselves um, before they've got a chance to blink we've made it one each so um, no the goal was a, a poor goal to lose but the way we rebounded was, was incredible I agree you know just it. 28 years old, Callum McGregor has now made 350 appearances for Celtic. I mean, that's more than Henry Larson, it's more than Kenny Dubliche. He's also got 15 major honours now, he's named. And I mean, after last season, there was some question marks about Callum McGregor. Is he going to move on? Has he maybe peaked and everything? And he's just shut a lot of people up, including myself as well, because I thought last season it was just clear now that it was, you know, mismanagement, wasn't it? A proper manager comes in, Tony. And he gets a guy like McGregor playing again. I always felt that the the Euros were a big thing for him. Under Steve Clark, he was he picked up his natural game again. And I think that gave him confidence going into the season here under the new manager. But you know, the ball over for Kyogo was was great and Kyogo's the touch and the finish was just exceptional. It was just a massive statement goal because we didn't allow Hibs to even formulate a game plan after that. I mean, it really knocked him for six. Hibs were done, and you can tell that they were completely shell-shocked at that because for the the next five minutes after that, they really struggled to hold on to the ball. It was all us. A lot of these teams, they are still struggling to comprehend that this is a a different Celtic team to the one they've been up against in the last couple of seasons. This is a, a totally different beast that... As you saw, they're just constantly wanting to go forward and they're wanting to hit back immediately under this manager. Well, that was the, the famous pre-season video, we never stop. Um, and that was that in action. It was no feeling sorry for yourself. It's getting right back to it and, there's, and we get, get the rewards. It's quite funny when you think of Angie Stella plays, a lot of passing, a lot of balls into the box, a lot of movement. And um, get the two goals are just two balls in behind to Kyogo, who's got the pace, he's got the... He's got the ability to finish with difficult angles. He's also got the sense to stay on side. So uh, the, the two goals yesterday were wonderful. There is a part of me that prefers the first just because of the touch and the, the finish with the weak foot. But um, the second is, I think obviously a lot of comparisons to, to chips that Henrik Larson scored. And obviously the ability to just hit it first time was, was superb. Actually, someday I had a few guys next to me that were... Um, well sozzled and he just kept walking past and walking back and there was a guy in my way and <laughs> I completely missed the goal I just turned up and seen the, the ball hitting the net no that was too but 
bothered, but it was just um, I kind of missed it. I didn't know how the ball got to Kyogo until I'd watched the highlights a couple of years later. But well, that's, that's all about Costa Coglu. He wants us to press to the last minute and keep going to the last minute. And obviously, you've seen it against Ross County, and that was with 10 men. And we fought well. They hang on to the lead. We get lucky a few times. Obviously, they had the post, and Joe Hart made a save. Then they'd won. I think they ballooned over the bar just after they had the post. But overall, I think they were the far better team, I think. Um, and another day, if, if we, again, the decision-making at times let us down, but we could have won that game quite easily, um, if I'm being honest. The goal that came out enough in it 2-1 as well, is just, Kyogo is just streets ahead, isn't he, movement-wise, of many of our players. And that's not a dig at our players, who are fantastic, but it's just about how... Kyogo is just on another planet when it comes to movement and everything. I mean, you saw the ball over. That to be fair, Rogic is always good at spotting the runs Kyogo makes, and it was another quick free kick. Rogic just knew where he was going to be, and to come into a final, not hundred percent fit, Tony, and to deliver on the big stage like that. I think. I mean, that speaks volumes about the quality of player we have, and the recruitment of Kyogo has been a masterstroke because I actually can't imagine. You know any other player we we were ever linked with in the summer, Tony, coming in to do something like that? I just think it. We have one I watch with Kyogo, and I don't even think that he's going to be a player who'll do the business for us in one season and head off. I honestly do feel with Kyogo that he could be here for longer than Dembele was and longer than Edward was as well. It just feels that a bit like Ange, he's made for this club, isn't he? Absolutely. I mean, you can't understate his, his importance. I mean, we signed him and it's not that way you're going, don't really know anything about him. His highlight view looks good. Who doesn't? And uh, he had the ground running. I think his first game he got the double against Jablonek and I thought, never seen a striker come right in and really had the ground running. I mean, I could name a dozen strikers that have came to us and have laboured for ages. Chiefs, Baldi, Pukki, etc, etc. And then it just doesn't work. So well, for him to come in and right away, he got a double and he was just consistently scoring. He was out for a month as well. Um, come back again, great goals in Europe, goals in the league, and now he, he won a cup. Um his double but we, we've been really blessed over the last kind of five years whereby we've had strikers who can who perform in the big stage we had Moussa Dembele who was definition a big game player Odson Edward exactly the same and it seems like we've, we've got another one in Kyogo and the, the three of them are, are all very different players all great players but Kyogo has been has been excellent because there's times where he's not really in the game but all it takes is a wee moment and and he gets his rewards. His finishing's incredible. His movement is as good as I've seen uh, for anybody at Celtic. And he must just be a nightmare to play against because he, he's relentless. His pressing is fantastic. You've seen it uh, when we beat St Johnson in the semi-final. It was his pressing that led to the keeper kind of miskicking the ball and then we, we got the goal. So um, he has been a, a ridiculously good player. If we can keep a hold of him for quite a period of time, that would be great. And I think that's the thing. Um, I've seen... Um, Eddie Howe get beat 4-0 yesterday for Newcastle. Now, people, if you follow four times in a podcast, we were singing and chatting about Eddie Howe for months and months. And I never thought in June when Ange arrived, I'd go, I'm quite glad we never get Eddie Howe. I never imagined that that would be a statement or a sentence I would ever say. But I'm glad that Eddie Howe never signed and we get Ange Postacoglu. Because if we don't get hands, we probably don't get. We definitely don't get Kyogo. That's an hands signing. Um, 
And I, I can't imagine, as he says, there's any other transfer target we could have had that would have made this impact. It's highly unlikely. Um, I think it's just a matter of keeping him fit. He's obviously had a couple of niggly interview uh, um, injuries. He's been playing football non-stop uh, through the J-League and then over here. But um, very infectious, great great player to watch. And um, you've seen him and Ange hugging at the end of the game. It's just a superb. It was a great moment. Um, because the two of them, it was Kyogo's taking a lot of stick now, obviously. A kind of campaign to say that he's a diver and he's a cheap, despite the fact he's never been booked for diving or retrospectively charged for diving, but that doesn't really suit the narrative. Um, but I, uh, the fact he's a very good player, I know he's a lot of people, and there's a couple of other things on his, his list to becoming a good Celtic or a great Celtic striker that he needs to, needs to tick off and hopefully can do that in the next couple of weeks. You know, I was going to also talk to Tony about like Carol Starfelt. Was it just a blip yesterday or has it maybe regressed for the Ross County game? I was going to talk about David Turnbull's injury and talk more about Michael Johnston and Leila Labada being wasteful, but I'm going to leave that because yesterday was a wee bit more an in-depth reaction to all that on 6-7 Hail Hail, whereas on this one I just want to keep it as positive as possible because it was a brilliant day yesterday and a lot of that was down to the manager. I think me and you have been, and a lot of other Celtic fans, we've been pro-Ange for day one. And a lot of that was because, you know, Ange came in to Scottish football, not an easy place to come into, Tony, if you're a stranger. Didn't know anyone, and he was ridiculed after a couple of weeks for trying to install a philosophy into a new group of players that really needed um, to take their game to the next level. For some of them, they just needed to get to the bare minimum. <laughs> That's how bad it I mean. Look at Ralston, for example. Initially, he was below par, and then he improved to being just okay, and now he's just an exceptional player for us. Ange was just ridiculed by a lot of people in Scottish football that saw him as a dud. But I honestly love the guy so much. I think he's a brilliant man. I think he's a very sincere man. I think he's an honest person, and I trust him 100%. Whenever Ange talks, I don't feel as if he's putting on a show. I don't think it's a false persona. I take him at his word. I believe so much. And Ange Postecoglou, Tony, I'll let you have your say in a minute, but I was just so, so delighted for that manager yesterday, for everything that he's had to go through. And I know that there's managers out there that don't get the budget that Ange has, okay? And they don't get to work with the talented sort of players that Ange has already. Coming to Celtic, there's a lot of advantages too, but the pressure coming into that this season, it was a utter, utter mess. It was a shambles. It was set up to fail. And then when he did fail, it was like people were stunned at it and they were saying, oh, he's never going to last till like October and all that. But he just got on with it. He just kept saying, just trust me, in a few months, it's all going to be better. And you actually did believe that, didn't you, Tony? You didn't feel as if it was just buzzwords. You genuinely felt that Ange had a plan and Ange was going to stick to it. And now you look at the fact that the manager has delivered already in six months what a lot of managers coming into Scottish football can't do in three years and I'm so so happy for him well when, he, when it was first I mean I remember we get the phone call we say Eddie Howe isn't he coming and that was through Celtic's media team um, and all of a sudden this Ange Postecoglou name became one of the favourites and I went can't be this guy who the fuck's this never heard him and then he gets to the stage where you go right let's get behind him and then I'm sure you would have been the same and probably most other podcasts Dominic Mackay phone to invite us to his unveiling the and and uh, we got his dad Vigil was there actually that was the first time I'd met him and 
we sat and we got to ask Ange a question and Dominic McKay a question. And I, I think I asked him about the captain situation, but I was listening to everybody else and listening to me speak, and I'm going, there's just something about this guy, and this, this sounds like a fucking made-up Danny McGrain story, but this is true. <laughs> He was walking out, I gave him a thumbs up and he winked to me, or either I, I waved at him and he gave me a thumbs up. It was something like that, and I just thought, there's something about this guy. And then you could be, you could, it wasn't just blind faith, you could see improvements. And when Midland beat us, it, was a case, it wasn't a case of, oh, this guy's a dud, sack him. The guy had, had been properly backed, and then when he got his own players in, things started to improve. He dished out to tremendous doings to St. Mirland and D. He's held Altmar, I've harped on about for a long time. They were a great outfit, and we've done really, really well to get into the Europa League. I was really impressed with that. I don't know about yourself. Um, I thought our showing in the Europa League was actually very good. Um, quite unlucky to go out nine points, but that's what happens when you go to places like Leverkusen. We should have held on there, but again, quite quite unlucky in the end. And then for him to win the League Cup six months ago, because oh, this guy won't see Christmas, he's Pedro Cuxina times two, and... And people were still harping on about this, even in kind of November, December time. And I'm going, this is more people just hoping this is what, what's going to happen as opposed to looking at the the facts and looking at what's happening and going, this guy's actually doing quite well. You know what the journalism like in, in this country is atrocious. It's garbage. The papers are garbage. The pundit is usually garbage. And um, you see them going, oh, and just still behind Neil Lennon's point tally this time last year. And it's just completely out of context. It's not offering the Europa League stats. It doesn't offer how close he is to Rangers. It doesn't offer the, the League Cup final stats or anything like that. Oh, the improved brand of football or the fact that the fans are all on side. But I think that comes from the fact that Ange Postacoglu was never meant to win the League Cup. That wasn't in the script. Celtic were never meant to get into the Europa League. Celtic shouldn't still be in the title race. Kyogo shouldn't be as good as he is, etc., etc., etc. I think that annoys a lot of people, and that's why you see a lot of negativity or negative comments about Ange. You know, he's, he'll be sacked soon, and he's garbage, and yada, yada, yada. So, regardless how the season pans out, if he doesn't win the league, and it's a big possibility because it is going to be very difficult. I'm under no illusions. We're on the right track under this guy. I have no doubt that if Hans Postecoglou is properly backed and continues at this club, um, he'll win more trophies and he'll continue to improve. And I really hope he can be the first manager since Martin O'Neill to win a, a post-Christmas um, European knockout tie as well. So um, I can't really praise him enough. We, probably a lot. Other people have said the fact that he took the job himself, didn't bring any coaching staff, moved his family halfway across the world into this city, which is an unforgiving place if you if you drop points. Or, and he's remained calm and consistent uh, throughout the, the whole time. And I, 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 I agree with what you say. You do take what it says at face value. We've had managers in the past who might have been fantastic, but talked a lot of shit but so I, I I really liked the guy he was I did enjoy getting into that press conference when we got to see him we've actually got the the pre-game press conference we have next week before the Rangers game if it goes ahead that's up to our uh, wonderful leader who you would never criticise so we'll see what uh, Nicola Sturgeon says um I, it's just it's been such an interesting, it's been such an exciting season, so many ups and downs. But um, yesterday was just such a an amazing day, and was um, 
it was good. It was just so good to be back winning trophies, which is really what Celtic Football Club are all about for me. And um, I just congratulations to him and his background staff as well, who who got a lot of stick last year. Gavin Stratton on the laptop, John Kennedy, did they smile enough? Well, they're due credit now. They're part of the, the backroom team that, that have won the League Cup. Finally then, Tony, we already know what the big narrative also was at the weekend about don't go to the football and you know, stay away from the game, limit your social contacts as much as possible. And of course, I, look, I don't know if you know this one, but we get called out on Wednesday. Apparently there was a supporters bus coming back from Dingwall. And on 67 Hail Hail, I made a very, like it was a two second quip about our wonderful Scottish government. A supporters bus were in meltdown in my comments um, and apparently were seething, were raging and reacted very furiously to... What is essentially just a daft gimmick. I'm not completely serious when I say that, everyone, okay? Although I don't exactly agree with everything they do, but it was just good to know that even when I'm not trying, I managed to get a reaction out of people, so... Oh, well, that was always the narrative. I mean, Graham Spears talking about 50,000 at Hamden, that other stupid cunt for the SNP saying about it, oh, should the game really be going ahead? And you're thinking... No, I've spoken about this in pod terms. I get quite annoyed when I heard Sturgeon saying, oh, everybody's focus is Christmas and make sure they get to see it with the family. My main focus is to go to the cup final with my dad and Celtic lift a trophy. Don't get me wrong, I love a fucking turkey dinner as much as any cunt else, but I would much rather see Celtic win a trophy and be there with 30,000 other Celtic fans. So I think Anne summed it up perfectly when... He explained how important football is to us and it, it dictates people's lives, their mood, their happiness, their, their social life, they're going to the public people. So um, I, I hope that this, we still get to go to the stadiums. I, th- I don't see it though. I think there'll be some kind of restrictions imposed, which is a great shame because it has been fantastic to be to be back at the football and I don't want to be extremely cliche, but football with fans, isn't it? Isn't it great? It's, um, I don't enjoy watching the past of paradise and listening to Jerry McCulloch. It's not really, it's not the same as being there and the whole experience of day out. So, not was uh, delighted that we actually got to the cup final. And I guess what well, it's just a day by day basis as to what the next steps will be for for the government. Um, but I think my message would be obviously for everybody now: stay safe and enjoy your Christmas, and hopefully we'll still be getting to the football and, and big hands can can kick on. I think you do hit the nail on the head though about how football—it's more than just a game, and it's not a cliche because the perfect example is yesterday, Tony. You know, at the game, yeah, it was great. It was brilliant to see Celtic winning and being successful, as we've become used to. But you know, just after the game as well, the walk into town, the. You know, doing six or seven hail hail with Hamish, but then having drinks after it, and just having a good bit of partner about the game. And Celtic do bring, you know, me and my family together. They bring me and my friends together. I'm at my happiest before or after a game with the people that mean a lot to me. And I don't really, you know, get into this sort of thing on Gigpod, but uh, I was going through a pretty difficult time last week without getting into specifics. It was just a pretty sort of tough time I was going through, and. Also, you can never tell with the amount of nonsense I ramble about Celtic anyway. It's just maybe a distraction. But being at the game, you know, yesterday just took all the sort of panic and worry away from me. It's like, you say 90 minutes, but it's not really because after the 90 minutes, you've got hours to forget about all the crap you're going through with your pals. 
um, and just having a drink and just wee things like missing out on that if there's another lockdown or restrictions would be brutal I, I can't imagine yesterday without any fans I really can't Tony yesterday was a very special day just like a lot of other cup finals um, that I've had that I've been a part of just like a lot of other Celtic fans I'm not trying to make out I'm the only one that can enjoy a cup final you know but yeah, it was just a really, really special day yesterday, especially with a lot of other things that have been going on. And the thought of that COVID ball coming back, it just fills me with dread. I'm not going to go into a massive spiel about it, though, Tony. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, you don't know, I don't know, amazingly enough. I know we're podcasters, Tony, but we can't predict the future. But we can definitely make sure that we'll get special access on the second against Rangers anyway, and that we uh, podcasters lounge, won't we? I mean, I couldn't give a fuck about the rest of the fans. I just know I'll be in there with, with the chairman of the board and Rod Stewart. Um, hopefully I'll not get chucked in out for singing Rebel songs like the last time I was in there. But uh, you never, you can never tell. But no, I, I completely agree with you see. I mean, I've been through kind of difficult points in my life. Me and my dad kind of had an ongoing joke, uh, having a bit of Celtic therapy, and that was during the Rodgers years. And it, it, it became, it is a bit of an ongoing joke, but it was really, you would sit at the end of one of these big games you'd won and go, uh, not like a bit of Celtic therapy, you kind of take your, your worries and your troubles away. And it is, it's so important to people's lives, it's scary. And um, a lot of people, do, a lot of the government, I don't think they... They either don't understand it or they don't want to understand it, but it is. It's, there's nothing beats being like even yesterday in the pub, the tunes come on, you're all singing and dancing, and it's that kind of looking at each other. And you remember, we've just won the cup, and just clenching the fist and kind of cheering like big hands and just going, Oh, this is brilliant. And you uh, can't beat days like that. Really. That's what life's all about, just these great days. And we've, had, we've been so blessed, we've had so many great memories and great trebles and fucking title win after title win and demolition derbies, etc. The last kind of five, six years have been incredible, barring, barring um, Lennon's season last year. But even in there, you win that quadruple treble, which adds even more history. That will never, ever be close to being repeated. So, um, I, I, look, I'm, I'm not a scientist or a, a doctor or whatever else. I think they'll, they'll obviously monitor hospitalisations and I know just I check them every day just because of my job as well and I need to kind of make sure there's not going to be another lockdown but um, it, it looks as though the hospitalisations have really changed today but I know Monday's figures are a bit skewed but I don't want to bore people with the Covid figures. People are probably fucking coming to listen to Celtic podcast to get away from it so hopefully the, the fans remain and Hopefully this is the beginning of the end of a hellish two years of this fucking pandemic. Yeah, agreed, man. Especially if I even talk about COVID to the government again, another supporters bus might want to target me, Tony, so I think I'll leave it there. But Right, so what's up next for GigPod? Rizzo's not going to be here before Christmas, so me and Spunkphone are going to be doing the Q&A podcast, uh, and that'll be in midweek before Christmas. We'll put out a tweet and let you know the details about that one, but member and get your questions back in as if you want is to read anything out anything goes whatsoever personal professional celtic not celtic just line up and we'll answer as much as we can thanks a lot for listening to this one i'm stevie and i really want to thank tony for coming on and helping out in the last minute tony is part of four times on a podcast at pod Tims. they're one of the best celtic podcasts about i'm sure you already know them by now 
But once more, um, thank you for coming on, Tony. Really, really appreciated, and uh, have a good night. Cheers, thanks for having me on. Pleasure to come on and have a happy conversation with you for the first time ever. So, I uh, hope your your listeners enjoyed it, and uh, hail, hail. Cheers, Tony. And as always, you can find us at GigPod on Twitter, at Instagram, and you know where we are on all the podcast platforms by now. Just need to search GigPod. We'll come up in pretty much all of them. Leave a decent review if you want, leave a good one. Just don't be out of order and slaggers. And we'll put out the next one midweek. Cheers, everybody. Hail, hail. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.